Good morning. Please join me in our responsive reading as we begin our worship together. God of all peoples of the earth, we gather in your presence, aware of the vastness of your world and the intimacy of your concern. We pray for the small world around us, for the members of our families, for friends who share our concerns, for those who depend on us and on whom we depend. We want to repent of our small vision to break out of all that confines us. Transform us to live by your vision. Direct our eyes beyond the visible to see your kingdom kingdom breaking into our lives. Amen.
Welcome. We are glad that you are here this morning and welcome you in the name of the Lord and hope God's going to bless in a very special way as we worship God together this morning. We welcome our guests especially and uh, you are very important to us and uh, we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family. And uh, we'd like to ask you, if you would, to drop by our hospitality table after the worship service. Uh, We've got a gift over there that we would like to give to you this morning. Just a few announcements. I'd like to call to your attention uh, this morning. First of all, let me remind every one of our attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to fill that out and uh, uh, give us any information you feel comfortable with giving us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, um, please put your email address on there and we will be sure to get you on that list. That uh, newsletter comes out every Thursday morning. And uh, it'll, it's a good way to keep abreast of what's going on at Community Baptist Church, the opportunities for worship and fellowship and ministry here. We had a, a wonderful breakfast this morning uh, as we uh, began our Upward uh, program. We had an Upward volunteer and prayer breakfast this morning. Had some pancakes and sausage and uh, bacon and things like that. And understand that there are some leftovers right over there. I guess they're on that table. Is that right on that table right over there already packed up. And so if you want pancakes and sausage and bacon for lunch, <laughs> drop by and pick some up. OK, or maybe breakfast tomorrow. You can heat it up tomorrow. So uh, uh, please uh, feel free to drop by and pick those up. Also, if you did not sign up earlier for um, for any position in, in up in the upward program, uh, I think there will be somebody out in the foyer after the uh, worship service, and they'll probably catch you on your way out. So uh, uh, not many people who can escape that. Uh, it's a big program, and we need a lot of help there. So uh, please sign up for um, for something as we um, – and there's some something that everybody can do. So please sign up to help us with our Upward program. Um, a couple of other things. We have uh, two books left by per- Burt Montgomery. Uh, Elvis, Jesus, Willie, and me. I'm sorry, but the uh, psychic pancakes and communion pizza is sold out. Uh, that one's gone. But we have two uh, signed copies of Elvis, Jesus, Willie, and me. And if you would like to purchase one of those, they're $15. And just see me, and, and I'll be glad to um, uh, sell you one of those books. Uh, Phyllis, I think Phyllis has an announcement about our summer mission project. We're doing good over there. Look at that. Next Sunday will be our uh, last Sunday to collect uh, for our summer mission for community outreach. And it comes from Luke 21, verses 2 through 4. It's the widow's mite. He saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. So next Sunday, we'll be collecting uh, monetary donations, and there will be none too small. So even the children can uh, look in your piggy banks and and bring in something. There will be a a special box on the table over here for you to drop your donations in. And then uh, after next Sunday, I will count and box everything up and take it to uh, community outreach. And thank you so much for participating in this worthwhile ministry.
don't want to forget our fun drive for the new hymnals. Uh, it's still going on. I told you a couple of weeks ago, if it wasn't for hymns and this, a hymnal such as this, I wouldn't know the scripture that I know today. So join me in making a special contribution to our church to procure these new grace hymnals. What a name. Um, and be a part of that for our church. Thank you. It is good to be in God's house with God's, pe- God's people, sharing God's love with one another. So let's do just that as we stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Welcome back, Mark. <laughs> As we finish our greeting, I'd like to invite our children to come forward for our children's moment. Come on up front, children. We have Miss Nora up here. Come on, kids. No, it didn't. It didn't. Come on. Come on, come on. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good, good, good. Well, listen, lately I have been thinking about how much God has done for us. You know, he created each of us to be unique. There's no one else like us. He's given us homes and foods, families. He watches over us and he guides our lives. The best thing that God gave us is his son, Jesus, who died on the cross so we could live forever. Jesus loves us because, loves us better than anyone on earth can love us. And when I think of all that he has done, my heart overflows with love for him. So I decided this morning that I would um, bring him some presents. Just as I give gifts to people I love, I thought I'd give some to God too. Let's see. And I have it in this bag. So first, I bought a shirt. Oh, I hope he's a Kentucky Wildcat fan. <laughs> do you think? Do you think he'll like it? <laughs> then I went to the grocery store and I bought him my favorite cereal. And you know it's good for your heart too. So I hope that it will protect the heart. And I bought him some dried milk, thinking maybe he could put that in in there to help. In his cupboard, and I brought some pancake syrup. And then I brought him some uh, noodles. What do you think? Are these pretty good gifts so far? Oh, and then look, I brought him some pencils, maybe school supplies. 
You think maybe he might need those? And I brought him some tuna. Boy, I bet y'all have never opened a present as wonderful as this, have you? Oh, and you know, I've got something else down here. I was going through the house and I found in my little coin where we put from the dryer, I found some coins. I thought I'd put those in his package. Oh, and here is the receipt from where I bought it. bought some of these groceries and I had some of these Sherway stickers. Bet he could use those too. What do you think? I don't know, Sydney. What do you think? <laughs> what, how do you think I ought to get him to him? Well, you know, look, I bought him some flyers too. Do you think God really, how do I, how do you think I'm going to get them to him? How about, he probably doesn't need this. How about I share it with his, with his people, people that need it? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I bet that would work. And you know, I bet that's something we've been doing all summer. We've been bringing things to share with his people. Gifts to let people know that we love them. So, can I give you these flowers so you can give them to someone? All right. Well, let's bow our heads and we'll say a prayer. Then we'll go back to our seats. Dear God, thank you for loving us so much. And we want to give your love in return. Help us to show our love to you by doing a loving thing for those around us. Amen.
uh, John Cornelius has not overnight gotten fatter or older. Uh, he was called away. Kevin wasn't feeling very well, so he had to take Kevin home. Uh, we're reading from Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came away, urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Let us pray. Dear Lord, your Bible teaches us that we are all equal in your sight. We are all equally loved by you. Each of us has a peace in you that we were created in your image. And dear God, you teach us that we must love all and hold malice toward none. That we are all subject to your grace and all subject to your love. And that there is no condemnation in anyone. That you came to love all, to save all, and to call us all to a better life. So help us as we go through this world to see the God in each one of us, to pay reverence to that God, and to treat people as Jesus would treat them. Be with us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
with me? Lord, we come to you during this time and we just thank you for all that you've given to us, for the life you've given to us, for the church. And our heart goes out to those in our community and in our world, Lord, who are in need and who are hurting. And just help us as a community of faith to reach out to those and to be able to be your light, Lord, and be with these tithes and offerings as they help to further the ministries and the missions of this church, Lord. And as your followers, just help to give us the faith and um, the endurance that we need to, to walk beside you each day. In your name we pray. Amen.
think I can speak for all of us by saying, welcome back, choir. (laughs) I have missed you. It's been lonely up here this summer. (laughs) Those of you who are old enough may remember a little song from the 1960s by a group called the Kingston Trio. The name of the song was Mary Minuet which was really a misleading title because it was anything but Mary. It was a a satirical song that described some of the turmoil of the world back then, but I think it's also apropos for our world today as well. It goes like this. They are rioting in Africa. They're starving in Spain. There's hurricanes in Florida, and Texas needs rain. The whole world is festering with unhappy souls. The French hate the Germans and the Germans hate the Poles. Italians hate Yugoslavs. South Africans hate the Dutch. And I don't like anybody very much. But we can be tranquil and thankful and proud. For man's been endowed with a mushroom-shaped cloud. And we know for certain that some lovely day someone will set the spark off and we will all be blown away. They're rioting in Africa. There's strife in Iran. What nature doesn't do to us will be done by our fellow man. Wow. Now, that's a satire, of course, but it's also a pretty good description of the human condition. Situations change. This song was written in the 1960s, situation changes, the the names of the countries may be different here 30 or 40 years later, but human nature has not changed a bit. There's simply something about us that causes us to want to brand people who are not like us as unlikable, as inferior, and somehow undeserving. And that makes us want to reject them and shut them out and and even go to war with them. And you know something? It is just the same today as it was in Jesus' day. Matthew tells us that leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, as you can see on the map above, Tyre and Sidon, lay beyond the boundaries of Palestine to the north of Galilee in what is today Lebanon. It was a land occupied by people who espoused various religions, but none of these religions were more despised by the Jewish people than the Canaanite religion. And if you study your Old Testament, you will see many conflicts surrounding the Canaanite religion, including the the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. So there was a lot of history between the Jewish people and the Canaanites. There was a lot of animosity between these groups of people. And so it 
it is significant that Matthew, who is writing his gospel for a Jewish audience, reports that a Canaanite woman came up to Jesus and cried out to him, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and is suffering terribly. Now, it was certainly nothing new for someone to come up to Jesus asking for his healing. News was traveling fast about this healer from Nazareth. But a Canaanite? A Canaanite? These, were, these people were religious scumbags as far as the Jews were concerned. And it didn't help that this particular Canaanite was also a woman. As I have mentioned before, in the times of Jesus, women had very little status in the world. They were considered to be the property of their, their husbands or their fathers. They had very few rights. In fact, in the temple, there was a, a literal wall that separated Jewish women from Jewish men. And there was another wall that separated the laity from the priest, and another wall that separated the Gentiles from the Jews. In fact, there was a stone from that wall separating the Gentiles from the Jews, and inscribed on that stone it says, No man of another nation is to enter within the enclosure around this temple. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame that his death ensues. On the one hand, these separations were meant to honor God, but on the other hand, these walls of separation bore the message, this is special. We are special. You, you're not so special. In that culture, men were special. Women were not. In that culture, Jews were special. Canaanites were not. In Jesus' time, it was not kosher for a Jewish man to interact with a strange woman, particularly a Canaanite woman. And, and, and surely she knew this. So who did she think she was crying after Jesus like this? But you know, it's interesting that the manner in which she called out to him. It's interesting that she called out to him and said, Lord Son of David. You see, this is a messianic title. Outside of Simon Peter, who else is ready to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah? Nobody in the Gospel of Matthew. So we know right away that, that there's more to this woman than meets the eye. Matthew tells us, that when this woman confronted Jesus with her appeal to, to heal her daughter, Jesus did not even answer her at first. Now, I wonder about that. And I wonder, it, it's my guess that, that, that for a moment, I think maybe Jesus was taken off guard here. You know, you know sometimes we forget that, that Jesus was both fully human and fully divine. And, and there were times when he was probably more human than others. There were times when he grew weary. There were times when he grew angry. The Bible tells us that he was without sin, but it doesn't mean he never stubbed his toe. And now this woman, a woman, 
a woman of a despised religion and and uh, and race has come to him and appealed to him as the Messiah. Lord, son of David, Messiah. This is something new. And so his initial silence may indicate that that he was processing this situation. At first, he he doesn't answer her. Now, his disciples answered right away. See, they could see that, that she was troubling him, and so they urged him to send her away. But then he answers her quietly. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, this is an important statement. Because you see, there's no evidence in the Gospels that Jesus ever set foot in a Gentile home. His mission was to bring salvation to the world through the historical framework of the Jewish faith. And this does not mean that he was anti-Gentile. I don't think that at all. I don't think Jesus was anti-anybody except for maybe the ultra-judgmental, holier-than-thou Pharisees. But he was here for a specific task. He was here to usher in a new kingdom, the kingdom of God, and it was specifically to be built upon the moral and the theological foundation of Judaism. And so this woman's situation and her earnest plea to him to heal her daughter, they were, they were forcing him to think about his mission Outside of the box. She was not a child of Israel. And yet she was requesting him as Messiah to do something miraculous for her. At first he seems to be uncertain about how to deal with her. And then the woman came and she knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. And Jesus replied with these words that have troubled his followers all throughout the ages because they seem so unlike Jesus. Jesus even uses the D word here. As he said, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Did Jesus just call this woman a dog? Biblical scholars have tried to soften Jesus' response by pointing out that the word that he uses here is is the word for a household pet and not a a mongrel scavenging through the, the garbage dumps. And some of you have pets that are like family members, I know, and so this may not be that bad of an insult for you, but... But the fact is, a dog is a dog. And this seems so uncharacteristic for Jesus. Maybe this was a test of her faith. Maybe Jesus had a, had a smile on his face and the, and the woman could see in his, in his eyes that he didn't mean to be offensive when he said this. As William Barclay has noted, the tone and the look with which a thing is said makes all the difference in the world. Even, the, even a thing which seems to be hard can be said with a disarming smile. Have you ever noticed that? It happens in my family all the time. When my, 
He's raising his hand there. I see. When my son, especially there, I'm going to call you out, Nathaniel, since you raised your hand. (laughs) Sit down, boy. (laughs) But when my children call me, for example, when they call me an old man, I know it is said with all the love and the affection in the world. And I know that they don't really mean that I'm old, do you? (laughs) Barclay goes on to say, we can be quite sure that the smile on Jesus' face and the compassion in his eyes rob the words of all insult and bitterness. Maybe so. Or maybe he was just absent-mindedly citing some common saying of his time. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Or maybe, just maybe, this story was included as a reminder to us of how pervasive prejudice is in every culture. And how hurtful it can be to use a derogatory term for another human being. Maybe it was intended to shock us. And if it was, it has done its job. Now remember, Matthew was writing primarily for a Jewish audience. And, and most of his readers, given this history between the, the Jews and the Canaanites, given the animosity and the enmity between these two groups, given all of this, most of his readers had probably referred to the Canaanites at one time or another as dogs. If not out loud, at least in their, in their minds, in their hearts. But at any rate, this caustic phrase hangs out there and it makes us uncomfortable. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And then this woman gives a a wonderful response. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. For even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Touche. You aren't going to dismiss this worried mother with a casual, offhanded remark. She knew who she was. She might be a Canaanite. She might be a woman. But she had a place in this world. She has rights as a child of God. And and besides, she knew, as she indicated by the way she addressed Christ, she knew that she was in the presence of the Messiah. And if she knew anything about the the messianic age that was prophesied by the Jews, she knew that that this messianic age would usher in an age of peace and justice for all people, not just the Jews. So if Jesus was who He said He was, He wasn't going to turn her away. It just wouldn't be right. And of course he didn't. Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. You have great faith. So let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed 
immediately. Send her away, the disciples had urged. She's not one of us. She's not one of us. Send her away. She's of the wrong faith. Send her away. She's a woman. Send her away. She's a nuisance. But this woman knew what many people don't even seem to understand today. Even many people who who call themselves Christians. And here it is. Thanks to the grace of God. Everyone deserves a place in the sun. Everyone. And that's a powerful insight, isn't it? Sometimes a culture can harbor prejudices. Prejudices between the genders. Prejudices between racial groups. And prejudices between religious groups. And all of these prejudices serve as a barrier to to us fully accepting one another. But that's not God's will. It's God's will that we all embrace one another, that we open up the, 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 uh, the boundaries of who is acceptable and who is not. Some of these prejudices may even affect how we, how we see God. And we may not even be aware that we have these prejudices until something happens that, that wakes us up and that shocks us like this story does. And suddenly we see that those kinds of prejudices are not acceptable among those who acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, Son of God, Messiah. Now, prejudice can come in many forms. It can be racial. It can be economic. It can be gender-related. Prejudice displays itself in many, many ways. Pastor Chuck Curry says that that before he went to seminary, he spent about 17 years with uh, programs that addressed issues regarding homelessness. He says the first shelter that he worked at once conducted an experiment to, to chronicle the different ways that homeless people are treated differently than others. One of the things they did is is on a downtown street, they parked a van that contained a a hidden camera, and one of the residents of their shelter, dressed in donated clothing from a clothes closet, got out of the van, went a few steps away, and then collapsed on the sidewalk. Chuck reports that people literally stepped over this homeless man. People just walked by People averted their eyes. Sometimes they crossed to the other side of the street. This man became invisible to people because of his poverty. Well, you may be able to guess how the story ends. The man got up and went back to the van and changed into a business suit. He got out of the van and took a few steps again and collapsed onto the sidewalk. People rushed to his aid. He was no longer invisible. He was no longer a stranger. He was no longer a despised Canaanite. My friends, prejudice comes in many forms and prejudice can keep us from seeing other people and seeing the needs that they may have in their their lives. Prejudice can cause us to ignore and even avoid people who are 
not like us. But folks, let me tell you something. And please, please understand this. If there's nothing else that you take from this service today, please understand this. When the kingdom of God comes in all of its fullness, all of this prejudice will be gone. Be gone. And I believe that this Canaanite woman knew this. She knew that Jesus was the Messiah, and therefore she knew that He would not turn her away. And it is our responsibilities as followers of this Messiah each day to live our lives according to the kingdom of love that has broken forth into our lives. I read a story recently about how one community dealt with prejudice. It's a great story, I think. It seems that after a lengthy court battle, the Missouri Ku Klux Klan was granted permission to participate in the state's Adopt-A-Highway program. You may be familiar with this program. And basically what that means is that the state would be forced to use taxpayer money to place an Adopt-A-Highway road sign on a one-mile stretch of road advertising the KKK. They won the court battle, and so they had to do this. Well, the Klan's victory was short-lived because the next month their organization was removed from the program. And the reason why is this. The state legislature decided to name that section of highway that had been assigned to the Ku Klux Klan after the civil rights activist Rosa Parks. And so the Klan never showed up to clean the highway. I guess the only cleansing they were interested in is racial cleansing. I think it's a great story. It's almost as delightful as the story of the Canaanite woman. By the way, did you know that this woman is the only person in the Gospel of Matthew, male or female, who was commended for having great faith? Did you know that? There were others we were commending for having faith. But she was the only person who is commended for having great faith. I think that says something. She was certainly a woman with great determination. She was certainly a woman of, who was aware of the prejudices against her, but, but she didn't let that get her down. Instead, she faced them head on. And of course, she was the mother. She was a mother who was concerned about her daughter. And that kind of love also gives a person great courage. She was pushy, perhaps. She was a nuisance. But she was a hero of the New Testament. And I think it's clear that she was also a hero to Jesus. Jesus said to this woman, Woman, you have great faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed. Through her strength and through Christ's compassion, grace overcame prejudice. And it's my prayer that that will always be the case with us as well. Amen.
We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 319, Jesus Calls You Now. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ, and we invite you to do that. There may be someone looking for a church home to be a part of, and we invite you to do that. Or perhaps there's something burdening your soul, and you would like for us to pray with you. We will certainly do that. God is dealing in your heart in any way this morning. We invite you to come as we sing together. Jesus calls you now, and he does. He is calling to you now. Would you come? God, we have met in your name and in your presence. You have been in our midst this morning, and I hope that we are all better off for it because we have met today. We pray that life will be enlarged for those who lack hope. We pray that life will be clarified for those who are confused, that life will be sweeter for those who have tasted the bitterness of it, and that life will be more holy for those who have lost the dignity and the beauty and the meaning of it all. Bless us, O God, and send us forth in your light that we may shine your blessings into this world. Amen.
Here it goes.